I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for all things spooky and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. And big old sirens, 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 because oh my God, guys, we are on season four of Ah. Talking Horror. How exciting. ah, Spooky. Ghost sounds and brains, all the things. <laughs> and to kick off season four of Talking Horror, we are discussing the 2022 slasher film X. Keep your voice down. Don't tell me to be quiet. I was locked in a dungeon down there. These old people are fucking crazy. I have to get out of this house before they keep me down. We need to find the keys to that truck. I never should have listened to you. This is all your fault. Rain, we need to stick together. I hate you. I hate you all so much. Rain. I told her to stay in the damn cellar. Slash, slash. For slash, the slash. Effort. Slash, <laughs> slash. Yes. This movie was written, directed, produced, and edited by a one Ty West, and it stars Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Martin Henderson, a one Brittany Snow, Miss mm, Pitch Perfect, Owen Campbell, Stephen Yuri, and oh my God, is that kid Cuddy? Yes! Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, in this episode, we're going to be talking about all things X and dipping into some of the prequel that's going to come out soon, Pearl, which I'm super excited to talk about that as well. So if you have not watched X, watch it and then watch the Pearl trailer so you can be in the discussion with us. And Jamie, is there any trigger warnings? Um, Yeah, this movie, I mean, there's definitely a lot of insides on the outside. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of violence, um, pretty graphic gore. Um, But this movie also revolves around pornography. So there is a lot of nudity and sex. So if that makes you uncomfortable, this might not be for you. Nudity from everyone of all ages. (laughs) Everyone, okay, yes, yes, equal opportunity nudity for everyone, (laughs) male, female, doesn't matter, all the things, sex positive, positively sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love that. Like, positive, positive. I heard that from I forget what the trailer was, but it made me laugh so hard, and I just thought about it again right now because I feel like this, you know. This it applies. Is, it applies. Sure. This is it. Great. <laughs> and if you're wondering what that uh, random male noise is, uh, this is our producer, Brian. And before we get into things, producer Brian, do you have some words for the people out there? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to season four. I'm producer Brian. Uh, we are going to be covering some really awesome stuff this season. Uh, and this is also going to encompass Halloween. 
So all of your October fun stuff will be right here, including Halloween ends, any super fun haunted houses that we go into, and there's just a ton of other movies that we're going to be covering and TV shows, the new Mike Flanagan show. Uh, we're super excited for all of that. Um, and if you want to keep up with us, follow us on all social media. We are at Talk Horror Pod. That's at Talk Horror Pod, and you can find us on all social media, TikTok. We are on Twitter, we are on Instagram, and starting season four, we are on YouTube. So you can find us on YouTube. That is right. Seasons one, two, and three um, are in the process of all being uploaded, and season four is going to start the video component. So you can see us, you can hear us talking, as well as see us reacting. So Check us out on YouTube. That's Talking Horror Podcast on YouTube. I will link that in the description here, but that is Talking Horror Podcast on YouTube. We also broke them down into playlists, so you can find our favorite movies. You can find all of our Scream takes. You can find all slasher movies, all the thrillers, all the cult movies. I've broken it down so you can really um, sift through all of our over, I think we have over 50 or 60 episodes now, so you can Good check job. them all out there. Um, so definitely check that out. And thank you for continuing to listen. Subscribe on YouTube. We, we would love to see you there. Yes. We're fancy now, guys. We, we are, are fancy. Fancy. On the World yes. Wide Web. Absolutely. So all the exciting things. Ah, oh, so much to get into. But before we get into the actual movie... I heard that y'all watched some stuff, and I want to hear what's happening over there. So, Jamie or Brian, go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jamie and I are finally – you did this during the pandemic, I believe. Uh-huh. But Jamie and I are finally watching through the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yes, um, yes, yes. I have only seen the original 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, the early 90s uh, New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Uh, those mm-hmm. are the only two I've seen, um, and I am super excited to watch them through. Jamie, which ones have you seen? I've seen the first one. I've seen, I think, wait, it might be the same as you. The first oh, really? one, New Nightmare. Um, I, I the- think... I think I've seen Freddy versus Jason, I think, but I really don't remember it at all. Did you see the remake? Oh, I did see the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that one as well. So we're doing everything. And funny thing is I am doing all of my watch throughs and reactions on TikTok. So if you follow us on TikTok, I'm going to be doing every movie, my thoughts, whether I've seen it before or haven't seen it before, and then I'll be reposting those um, on YouTube. So you can see those shorts. It's like two minutes of me um, talking about the experience of watching these movies again or for the first time. So we're doing a full Nightmare on Elm Street series on TikTok um, as well as um, you can find them on YouTube. So definitely check that out. Um, we've already watched the we, we've watched the first one last night. I think Freddy's Revenge is next, um, number two. Uh, but I'm actually most excited for the third one, uh, for Dream mm-hmm. Warrior. Yeah. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all are in for a treat, and I'm so excited that you guys are, are starting that process. Wait, Brian, you got something behind you, too. Uh, oh, yeah. I got my little uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger Funko Pop because I'm just in the zone there. I'm, I'm, I'm Funko... <laughs> 
Freddy ready. I'm ready, Freddy. That's what I'm ready, Freddy. Yes. Mm-hmm. You said your Funko Pop? Oh. It's it's our fun. It's her Funko Pop. I got it oh. for her. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. love that. I wish, oh, I wish I would have brought mine, but uh, I'll have it with me next time. Because I've been in Hamilton and I love horror stuff, I had a friend as a going away gift when I left Hamilton, bought me all of the uh, Skylar Sister Funko dolls, but put horror movie heads <laughs> on them. No, really? The best thing ever. And so cool. on Angelica is Freddy Krueger's head, and it's fantastic. Amazing. Freddy Krueger Angelica's dress. <laughs> next time. You'll have to show those for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll show them off. I'll, ha- I'll have awesome. them as my, my background next time. But what have you been watching, Nikisha? Oh, guys, two things. One, I think you need to watch immediately when we stop filming because it's only 30 minutes, and it's the strange thing about the Johnsons. Ari Aster's short film. It is on YouTube. I have seen people on TikTok talk about it for the longest time. And finally, I had the time to watch it. I didn't realize it was only going to be 30 minutes, but it is absolutely insane. And I'm going to leave it at that. What's it called? I... I know what I know what it's about. <laughs> okay. Yes, the strange thing about the Johnsons. And I do not know what the strange thing is, so I'm looking forward to this. Great. I believe it, it he it came out in 2011 and uh yeah, it's it's one of his short films and okay. it is uh very intense in the subject matter. So watch that. And then last night, I finally watched The Taking of Deborah Logan, which is something that we mm. have discussed yeah. on this podcast, but I finally sat down and watched it and it was excellent. I think that we should definitely add that to our list of things to okay. uh, talk about, especially for the mental health aspect of it. So good, good things. But I'm excited Ooh. about this movie that we are going to talk about. And before we get into it, I think that we have to do a plot summary. I also oh. think that it's probably my turn because I feel like I haven't done it in a while. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> your turn. What's the plot? You no. have outed yourself and now it's, it all falls on you. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> I'm setting you up here. Two minutes on the clock. Nikisha, tell us what X is about. Okay. So we open up. It's 1970, and there is background of bodies on the ground, and the police are looking around like, what happened here? To the background background of this pastor who is talking about purity culture and how everybody who's sex positive are sinners and blah, 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 blah. And so then we cut to 24 hours before that happens, and we are in basically a burlesque house, stripper house, whatever. These people are gathering together to make a porno. They drive over to another place in Texas, and they are filming on a farm because it's called something in The Farm Girl. I can't remember exactly the name of the movie that they're making. And so... They come in. It's already a little spooky because the man is like, why are you on my property? It's private property. And he said, no, I called you. The director says, I called you and we're making a, uh, we're, we're staying here. He doesn't tell him he's making a movie. So anyway, they get to the farmhouse and they're making the movie and the wife of one the minute. old man. One oh minute. God, the wife of the old man is kind of wandering around and she sees it and she's like, what's going on? So throughout a series of events, the wife kind of in the middle of the night um, 
ah, so many things. She just starts killing people and we don't realize why. We probably think it's probably because of like purity culture and she's just, she saw what was they were doing. And so one by one, she's kind of picking them off. And then we realize that her and her husband are in on it because she wasn't getting sexually satisfied, I guess, by her husband. And she was finding other people to have sex with. And she finds this one girl that she latches on to, but the girl's like, no, please get away from me. And she ends up, um, the, the old lady ends up killing everyone except for this one girl that she did like, but then the one girl ends up killing her and runs over her head with a truck and manages to escape. And I think that that's basically (laughs) the, the whole movie. (laughs) Well, that's your time. I think you nailed it. (laughs) So many nuances. It's like so many things have happened, but it's pretty straightforward as well as just a slasher movie. Uh, So have you guys, well, this is just came out. So did you guys watch this in theaters or did you watch it at home? We watched it at home. We rented it. Yeah, Yeah. we rented it and watched it at home. Same. So I didn't have the movie theater experience. I was in in my house uh, watching this. (laughs) So since this is a new movie, let's get into our section of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. So, Jamie, do you want to tell us your likes and gripes of this movie? Sure. Um, Overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed, like, the, you know, the, like, 70s slasher vibes. It felt kind of like a throwback to, like, the B-movie horror genre and, like, exploitation films. Um, And I think it was just, like, like, really well done. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's like par for the course for, um, for Ty West and, and, you know, like some of the other things that are kind of similar, like house of the devil, like it's like kind of capturing this time period. And I think that he does a really good job. Um, I like, there's still things that kind of confuse me about the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm still like trying to make sense of it. I liked that Mia Goth plays both characters and like apparently she underwent like hours of of you know the prosthetics and and all of that um it's just like very interesting that that she ends up like also being pearl um Mm -hmm. and yeah like because there are these like weird like intimate moments but it's like but if they're if they are, if they look similar, like, ah, it's like making my brain hurt. It's yes. like, it's, <laughs> it's so, it's so like, you know, it's, it's hard to make sense of, but it, but I liked that. I liked that it wasn't like super straightforward. Um, I loved, I love that both Brittany Snow and Kid Cudi are in this movie. Um, like where so have they been? Fun fact, Kid Cudi came to um, my college campus as like one of those like fall spring concerts um my senior year and I went and it was amazing I was like obsessed with him for like a semester um but uh they were both really good in this um you know even like the 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 guy who's like the porn director um was -hmm. really good um and yeah I mean the the only like real nameable 
gripe that I have is like the part where, uh, where Pearl is like stabbing that guy. And I'm like, what strength did she suddenly have for like mm. a little frail lady? Um, where she's just like, bam, bam, bam. But meanwhile, before that, she was just like very slow. And, and, you know, it's like the idea of like, you're not supposed to be scared of like the little old ladies, but actually like they're fucking terrifying. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so like then, it, then that part is just like, holy crap, like everyone needs to get the hell out of here. Absolutely. So that's my only gripe. How is she that strong? <laughs> yes. Fair. I mean, those prosthetics were amazing because I, I watched the movie and then watched the Pearl trailer. And it wasn't until I was getting ready for this podcast that I saw Mia Goth played both Maxine and Pearl. And oh, so, so you did not pick up on that during your watch of the movie? No, I didn't. Interesting. Completely left field until I I watched Pearl and I said, "Oh, that's the same girl. That's so smart that they would because mm-hmm. the old lady is always saying how much she reminded her of herself, and so mm-hmm. duh, it makes sense to have the same actress play." the prequel version of this person, but I didn't realize in actuality it's the same person. That's interesting because if I, if you don't mind me going next, um, I feel very similar to Jamie in terms of the seventies vibes while commenting on the seventies movies, but also kind of being a seventies movie was, Mm -hmm. I was super dug that. Um, One of my true likes about this movie is that it doesn't try and hide Pearl and her husband from you because Pearl is in prosthetics. However, it always shows them from further back. So it's not this clear, crisp shot of the makeup and and Mia Goth in the makeup. So And then as the movie goes on, sure, they're in darkness a lot. But as the movie goes on, they start to show her a little bit more in focus, a little bit more center of the camera frame. And so they're kind of like slowly you know, massaging you to believe that this is her. And it clearly worked because I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I realized it until like three fourths of the way into the movie, because that's Mm -hmm. when they start, you start like seeing them a little bit more like that dinner scene with the two of them. Like that's when I started to pick up on that. Um, Or when she invites her in rather uh, like at the table. Um, Yes. uh, But I just thought that was so brilliant to massage it because if you remember when we were watching through Midnight Mass, spoiler alert for Midnight Mass, one of the things that we said to each other were clearly we knew that something was going to happen with age range in that because it was very clear that Alex Esso was in like very heavy um, uh, prosthetic makeup and like mm. Henry Thomas clearly was made to look older and, and things like that because they showed to up front. It was jarring, but I love how it gradually got you there in this one. I thought it was just like so well done. Um, that's my biggest like of this movie, just in terms of what I was impressed with overall. I really liked this movie. I think that the kills were awesome in this movie. I like the thematic element of this movie. None of the pornographic stuff felt gratuitous in the way that it actually it actually it wasn't just like some slasher on the farm like it was all integrated into the thematic elements of purity culture versus not you know um, repressed sexual energy and desires the lack not being satisfied casual sex versus meaningful sex like all of that was integrated into the plot and theme so i thought that them being also it helped with the 70s aesthetic them 
being porn stars uh, or wanting to be them wanting to make an actual like uh, auteur film versus just smut was also interesting. Uh, I loved all of that stuff. And quite frankly, going into this movie, I didn't know anything about it. I did not know that Pearl was the slasher in this movie. I didn't know that the old people kind of existed outside of like a 70s Airbnb, if that makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I really dug it. My, I, I don't really have any gripes with this movie. I think it would be strength. I would agree with that. I think some of the, like, not logistics, but some of the um, uh, some of the back and forth stuff, like how did someone get here so fast and stuff like that was excellent. Mm. And and the special effects in this were spectacular from the makeup to shotgun <laughs> effects and stuff like that. So um, that's all. Uh, I'll stop there. I, lo- I really loved this. Yeah, just just to piggyback off of one of your likes, Brian, because that was one thing that I really liked about this movie was the the 70s aspect of it, but in regards to the sex, and it wasn't just like other uh, 70s movies where the sex does seem like it's just there for God knows what, but this one, because it was part of the plot and part of the theme it still gives a nod to the seventies, but it also is intertwined in what the meaning of the movie is too. And I love that about that, about this movie. Um, I did not think I would like this movie as much as I did, but I am realizing through this podcast that I am just a true blood slasher movie girl. And so if you give me a straightforward slasher that makes sense, I'm going to love it. And this is exactly what that was for me. Um, I loved the cinematography of everything and how the, the shots were created and made and um, flashing from one scene to the next and then kind of melding them together in some instances. It was it was lovely to watch. Um, I also watched this in broad daylight, and so it was <laughs> really hard to – the dark scenes were really dark, so I guess that also contributed to why I didn't realize that Pearl was – played by the same they're played by the same character sure uh but yeah i also love that there's going to be a prequel and in my mind when i was watching the pearl trailer i was thinking oh i hope that they have this movie but then have another one where she's like married to the guy and what's that life like like right up until the moment that that happens and i think that it is there is going to be a a second one after pearl yeah they're making a sequel uh i I think to pearl not to this i'm not sure but pearl comes out in september they filmed this and pearl back to back secretly they filmed pearl I have oh another like of mine is I feel like movies force you to empathize or feel sorrow for the slasher a lot of times and I just don't buy it. I you know she was killing them. They didn't deserve to be killed. Like I don't I didn't even think that in this one they were doing anything awful. I feel like there are a lot of times like the teenagers are like, yeah, I, I want a knife in his throat. But like in this right. one, like I didn't always feel like they deserved the deaths they got. So, like, that makes you feel uneasy. But on the flip side, like, you feel bad for Pearl. Like, you, you, you don't, it doesn't excuse her actions. But you, mm. you're just like, what happened to you? Like, you're literally asking yourself, like, what has scarred you and traumatized you and happened to you so bad? Your husband seems like he loves you. He just can't, prov- he just can't provide what you need. You know, she, you can just, like, sense the unsatisfiedness throughout her veins. And... Quite frankly, before I knew there was a Pearl movie coming, I was like, I would love to know more about her. I just think they mm-hmm. set it up so well. I also 
this is my first Ty West movie. Um, I have Same. not seen any of his other. The only Ty West movie or thing that I have seen um, is um, his segment of the first VHS movie, um, which is Second Honeymoon. If you know the VHS first original VHS movie, he does the segment where these this man and woman, a uh, young couple are on their honeymoon and they're like road tripping or something like that. And someone is like spying on them and filming them and they think that someone's following them, but they're not 100% sure um, mm. that one. Uh, and then there's obviously a twist at the end of that segment, but that's all I really know him from outside of he's in your next as an actor and a couple of other movies as actor. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I um this makes me want to go back and watch all of his movies. And uh, maybe we'll do that for Pearl. Maybe we'll just do that on TikTok. Um, but I definitely yeah. would love to watch those for sure. Yeah, especially since he <clears throat> per, like edited everything too. I would love to see what his other what his other movies are like. Uh, there was one other thing I think I was going to say about likes, but in general, I really enjoyed this movie. I I would absolutely recommend it to other people. Oh, I also love the aspect of just an older person being the villain in a slasher, because I had seen some TikToks kind of about. Pearl or X in general, and I and it made me think that's one of the that Jenna Ortega was maybe the surprise killer in all of it, and especially when I was started to watch it and mm. she's so quiet and reserved and a little bit prude, I thought that maybe that would be the twist and that I ruined it for myself, but I didn't. So I was really excited. <laughs> it was actually the the um, older people. I didn't really have much of a gripe with her getting around or her strength. I think it's just a testament to slasher narrative or trope in general that they mm. have abnormal strength or they get to places faster than you think they would even though this is an old woman and a mortal you know old woman it's not mm-hmm. Myers or Jason or whatever but it didn't bother me I thought that the gore was excellent a plus gore and yeah definitely I mean I get freaked out at, and I think we all um, talked about this on the podcast, any kind of skin thing. I don't know. So when he stepped on the, on the nail and just mm. ripping that, ooh, it's, I, yeah. it gets, it gets we talked me. about that in maybe the fly and starry eyes. I think we, yeah. we talked about it too. Stuff like um, that. And if you watch um, Deborah Logan too, there's a lot of that kind oh, of is there? and okay. it's terrifying. <laughs> Um, something else I'll add is, uh, if you've been the listener of this podcast or follow us on TikTok, you know that I am a sucker. What do the kids say now? I'm a simp. Uh, oh. <laughs> yes. I'm a simp for, um, animal attack movies. Oh my God. That's so perfect. <laughs> uh, there's nothing better to me than an animal attack movie. Like I'm very excited for beast starring Idris Elba. I, Jaws is my favorite horror movie. Um, I, Jamie will attest, like, I was like, when Crawl came out on Hulu, I was like, let's go. Um, yes. so like there, this movie is a slasher, but also has an animal attack in it. Like that alligator sign me up, like check a plus <laughs> all in. Oh yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> that was pretty intense, <laughs> but, and well, what a way to go, Brittany Snow, but Good, good times were had. She got a good death. They, you know what? She did. They all got really good deaths. Nobody was cheated out of a good death here. Like yes. even the little glory hole poke 
and the uh, the Gloriole, the Gloriole, and man, my fi- sorry. What's your favorite kill in this movie? Actually, now that you brought up the crocodile, when that happened, I gasped and I thought that was pretty that and uh um Jenna Ortega when she reached her hand to unlock the oh. door and then they crush her hand. Yes. Jamie. Uh I I think the um the, the pokey. why can't I what? The pokey? <laughs> the glory hole pokey. <laughs> Like, why can't I think of the word pitchfork? Oh, the, the yes. <laughs> glory pokey. <laughs> Sounds like a dance. Yeah, glory pokey. Yeah, the glory <laughs> pokey. Um, uh, I actually, even though I just said I'm a simp for animal attack movies, my favorite kill in this by far is uh, the surprise shotgun when Jenna Ortega is running out of the house. That really mm-hmm. took me by surprise. You know, she she was locked in the basement. Her arm was broken. Her hand was broken or whatever. She's like, she's like, you're the worst. I hate you, Mia Goth. She runs out and then like, you think that she's going to run into the night. And then she just like, that like force of the shotgun, she, like was just like, really got me. That that's That's the one for me. That was super intense, but like mm-hmm. you said, Brian, all of them, all of them are so good. But I will now forever call that the glory hole pokey. <laughs> um, gonna be on the top of my list. Oh boy! And with that, let's get into some mm, brains. So. Even though this is a pretty straightforward slasher movie, it does dive a lot into the theme of purity culture and women's sexuality on top of women owning their sexuality and women like General Ortega at the beginning who were more kind of prude and like Brian was discussing, we're talking about sex for love or sex just cause. And so I would just like to talk about that theme of purity culture and directed to you, Jamie, but also just an open-ended discussion on the matter. I would love if you had any thoughts about dealing with people who might have gone through the trauma of of purity culture or if that's kind of affected them in any way. Uh, But I will say that that theme is something that has stuck with me for a long time as someone who grew up in the South, in church, and the idea that women's bodies are not their own, that we are the cause of temptation. So there's already shame that's there. Also just got done reading this book by Emily Nagoski, which Jamie and I have all talked about, which talks about women and shame and sexuality. And it talks about the moral message, which is technically what this movie kind of is. It's, it's the moral message and how that can be traumatic for people because you grow up with all of this shame and this guilt and feeling like you are the cause of things. And so you change who you are or the way that you dress because you don't want to be a quote unquote, you know, temptation for other people. But I love how in this movie, like Brian said, they're not doing anything wrong. You know, you don't want these these people to die. They're just doing their jobs. They're consenting to all of this, which is is a beautiful thing. And it's the other people who are kind of the the villains in a sense. You know, 
And so, Jamie, I just want to talk to you openly just about have you dealt with other people who have gone through this? What are some ways that people can kind of deal with that kind of um, trauma? Because that thing can trickle, it can affect all of your relationships. It can trickle down to, you know, how you treat yourself, maybe uh, how you feel about your body and body dysmorphia because of, you know, um, sexual things in the media. So, yeah, could you just talk a little bit to us about those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I will say that like, to be honest, it hasn't really come up a lot. Um, and I don't know if there's like any particular reason. I mean, I know that like, um, religious trauma isn't necessarily one of my areas of expertise, but Mm -hmm. I think like, you know, trauma is such a big umbrella bucket that like a lot of people come in with a lot of different things. So it's not like I haven't had it never come up. Um, I think it, you know, I think kind of in what you were like starting to say is just like, where, where do these ideas maybe like stem from these more, like, I would say like on the extreme end of beliefs and like, what does that then do for somebody's like self-worth and, and their own values and ethics and like how how do how do how do those experiences like inform how they think about themselves how they think about others and like how often is that playing into relationships and like you know are there are there things that they haven't necessarily like come to terms with because they're still unpacking you know what the what the impact is and it's already such a like taboo subject to right. then even i think there's even like the trauma of having to like deal with it because it's something that hasn't really been talked about openly. It's just like, this is the way that it is. Like, this is what you're expected to do because this is what, you know, God wants you to do. And, and like starting to question that and like experience doubt. Like if, if, if you're having doubts, how do you internalize that? Do you feel like there's something Mm. wrong with you because Mm -hmm. you're not like just agreeing with this or like living this way? And like how, again, like how do these things get internalized, whether it's like made explicit because it's like, well, here in the Bible, like this is what we're reading until like, this is what we're believing or, you know, messages that like we just internalize over time. And so like whenever other things come up that maybe aren't necessarily that explicit, how are we then like kind of policing ourselves and, and kind of, you know, like just struggling with the things that we have taken on and, and are holding as truths and like that's creating tension for our own identities. So like that's, that's more of, I would say like the area that I've talked to folks about, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm definitely curious about like your, your opinions and experiences. Well, before we get to Nikisha's opinions, I just want to say that I just got a notification on my watch that Jamie closed all of her rings while talking just then. Um, Wait, really? I guess all of her gestic- <laughs> all of her gesticulation. Uh, congratulations, job, Jamie, on wow. closing all your rings today. That's um, that's great. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I love thank you. Uh, based on what you're saying, I'm also thinking about this in terms of couples in this movie. So the, mm. the you have the four the four major couples are like Wayne and Max. Um also, even though I said no one deserved to die in this, Wayne was gross. Like, but he was also in it for the money, but he was also a little gross. So that, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but you have Wayne and Max who seemingly are in a relationship with um, 
where they can delineate between when they have sex and when they're the sex is on for for money on screen then you have rj and lorraine rj wants to make like a a classy movie he brings lorraine along and lorraine wants to get into the action and try it you know and you can you can Take that for what it is in terms of like breaking out of that purity culture, wanting to feel free, you know, that gender, whatever the case may be. And he can't take that and like leaves. So there's that aspect of things. Then there's Brittany Snow and Kid Cudi, Bobby Lynn and Jackson Hole, who are just like, you know, balls to the wind or whatever right. you want to call it. Yes. Yeah, free for all. <laughs> and then you have, um, you have Pearl and Howard, um, who just like can't because of his heart, because of, you know, all of that stuff. And it's fascinating to see all these different levels of how they, how they're able to kind of like, um, deconstruct their own sexual relationships, whether subconscious or consciously. Um, I, I think that it's all fascinating and it's especially hits hard when it's revealed that the preacher on the TV is, um, is Maxine's father. Uh, and that she kind of comes from that that world. Um, I, I just think that like it's all both blatant and subtle at the same time. Like the reveals are blatant, but like the way that it's kind of like massaged in is pretty subtle. Um, in, especially in a movie dealing with that. So I just think that's fascinating based on what Jamie's saying in brains versus like who the relationships are in this. Yeah, I agree because the, it's it's interesting with um, Jenna's character and. The fact that she was a little bit prude at the beginning and judgmental, but after she experiences the thing, she says, oh, this is something that I want to try to do now. And I also find that so fascinating just in general when we talk about judgment and, and judging people. And Jamie, if you have any thoughts on this, please feel free. But I'm, al- I'm always so curious about that pipeline. Uh, from judgment, not necessarily because you believe that it's wrong, but because there's that underlining thing of it's something that you want to do but can't do mm. type situation. And it's it's interesting to me to think of that's the first thing that people kind of go to is just judging other people that are doing the things that they don't want, that they want to do instead of trying to figure out a way to be okay with doing it themselves, you know, and whether it is the ideas, especially in religious culture of, you know, eternal damnation and sinning and uh, consequences for your actions. And so that kind of leads you down the path of suppressing a lot of, of things, which has kind of been my experience, you know, with the church is just there is a consequence. And so you do the good things. So the bad things don't happen (laughs) to you. And I think it's also funny in this movie because Jenna at the end is, is screaming and saying, Oh my God, you caused this to happen. And I, you know, I did all this stuff and now, you know, and then she ends up dying because of it. But that's also not the the message of the movie either, mm. because the one who wanted to be the the porn star and who left the church is the one the one that the only one that survives <laughs> the whole sure. thing. Which I, I wonder, think is also great. Yeah, fantastic. And I think that it's obviously highlighted by that reveal. Um, mm. And then I'm also wondering now that we're talking about it, and I don't think it's explicitly like made to be this way in the movie, but someone like Jenna Ortega's character, the Lorraine character, she's blaming other people for the situation they're in. I'm wondering if a part of her blames herself for it because she like crossed the line and like, this is the consequence you get for this. So now she's yelling at Mia Goth's character, Max, um, like, like being defensive about it. I'm just thinking about this Mm -hmm. now. I don't know if that's 
what that scene was supposed to be. But I do think that it's fascinating, especially based on how you're talking about this, Nikisha. And I, I really want to hear more about your opinions on this. Um, so yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's my first, that was my first thought when I saw that scene was that she is blaming Mia, but she knows that because she straight away, quote unquote, from her beliefs that now she's getting the punishment that's, that's coming to her, which is sure. all of this. Like that immediately, that's where my brain went because that's, <laughs> that's purity culture in, in, in essence, you know, it's that toxic way of, um, not only blaming people, but feeling that because you did this, this thing, this sin, that now nothing good can happen to you. You don't deserve anything good because of the thing that, that you did. And I think that's where the toxicity comes because at least in, um, religious culture, we talk about forgiving sins and it doesn't matter what you've done. Your sins can always be forgiven, but that's never the forefront of the conversation. It's always, you did the thing and this is the consequence because you did the thing, which is reflective of what the preacher is always preaching every time the TV is turned on in, in this movie. It's eternal damnation. You have to turn away from your sins. And I think he even says something about, you know, God does forgive, but you can only forgive so much or something in that nature is what he um, says as an excuse yeah. of like, okay, you're, you're continuing to do this. And so now this is going to be, you know, the, the results of your actions. And so uh, not to get too into it, but if you're interested people out there listening in just breaking down any kind of purity culture uh, things, especially women and sexuality and kind of taking back your sexuality. A book that has helped me is Come As You Are, and it's by Emily Nagoski, and it breaks down just different levels and not just the moral message, which is one of the three things that she talks about, but there's like a media uh, message and there's like an, another M, but it's like three M's of things that can kind of lead you down um, feeling like you have to suppress your sexuality as a woman. But with this movie, I just really appreciate, like Brian, you were saying the different dynamics of the the characters and the women and it not being so, you're doing the wrong thing. And these characters aren't, you know, trespassing on these people's property. You know, they are paying to stay there. They're just doing their own thing in a lot that's really far away from the house. They're not disrupting the the owners or whatever the case may be. And they're just, you know, living their own life. And so like, let people just mm. do their own thing and you, you do your own thing. So anyway, that is my um, whole take on the uh, purity culture aspect of it. But I do have something, uh, Jamie, that I want to ask you, and it's about Pearl in general. Ooh. And can we just discuss like what we think, and I know we'll get more of this in the Pearl movie, but what we think is going on with Pearl, because we get a little bit of glimpse of she didn't get the life that she wanted. But how do you think that ties into the extreme nature of now her just flat out killing people? because she's not getting what she wants. Where, how do you think that that kind of <laughs> comes together? Great question. Cause I think a lot about things that I want that I don't have. So <laughs> right. I'm, my, my stabby hand is getting it's ready. ready. It's um, ready. <laughs> and you're still so young. So you have all this. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm also very interested to see what happens with the prequel Pearl um, to see like what is revealed. But I mean, I, I wonder if it's more than just like, you know, what she doesn't have, but like also this, this like overwhelming 
frustration because like they're flaunting it, like that mm. it's like in her face and, and, you know, like the, the, it's like just so like palpably on the surface that, you know, seeing, seeing them like live the life that she wants or like live out her fantasies, like is just so infuriating that she like becomes violent. Um, but like, it doesn't quite like there's references of, you know, that maybe this isn't the first time that this has happened. So like how, how has this manifested in the past? Was it the same kind of deal? I mean, it's not like they knew that it's not like Pearl and her husband knew that these people who were renting out their farm space were going to film pornography or do any of this stuff. But I, yeah, it's like, you know, what kind of temper does Pearl have? And, and again, not that this is like, you know, real in terms of like people who struggle with like managing strong emotions or anger are going to like murder everyone. (laughs) Um, but like, that's, that's the best that I can come up with. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure we'll get more when we actually watch the yeah. movie Pearl. And we should definitely it. cover Pearl. Yes. Yeah. So we can die, yeah. do our favorite, diagnose DSM-5 <laughs> of... Uh, oh, I mean, I can still, I'll still give you a diagnosis. <laughs> I think yeah. she's more... Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I think that she's more of a stew because I don't think any of this is really premeditated. I feel like it's more impulsive. Um, That's my feeling. Like I don't, I don't get the sense that like they, again, even if they've done this before, I don't get the sense that like from the get go that their intention was to just like murder everyone. Plus like it last time it sounded like it was one person this time it was like a, a, you know, way more people like it's it's crazy to think again maybe well I, what I was about to say maybe sounded was going to sound super ageist but like it is interesting to think about how you know these two older people were able to murder most of them most of these young people and I mean I think part of that is like the strategy involved with which then makes me want to like go back and question my own diagnosis that I offered, but like, I still feel like it wasn't necessarily planned. Maybe they're just really good at, or maybe these people just happen to be stupider, um, Mm. which might be more of my opinion. And I guess we'll get to it when we get to skulls, but maybe they were just not as uh, strategic in terms of saving their own skins and like had to do the, the one stupid trope that people be doing to get killed is yes. separating and going off on their own. Like, why are we still, why are we still doing that? Hello. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm still going to watch these movies, but like, I just, I feel like at this point it's pretty clear that that is always the wrong move. So why are people still investigating things by themselves? Like I, I want something new. I want something fresh where it's not just, like fresh? oh spooky yeah I mean fresh was fresh yes. you know like that was a good one um and again like feels like I want more contemporary tropes that aren't just like dur, 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 oh scary sound down there I'm gonna go check it out but you this whole entire group of people who will you know who have weapons and are safe and strong you all stay here me vulnerable independent person is gonna go check it out on my own like why are we still why are we still here, people? Like, come yes. on. I, I just, yeah. I'm, it, I'm getting tired. <laughs> it was the 70s. They didn't watch as many horror movies. 
it's also what you said about the age, the ageism as well, because they feel like it's not a threat. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's a really good point. Yeah. Are they like just underestimating them because they, because they're older. So it's like, oh yeah, there's nothing to worry about here. Maybe they're just weird, but we're going to chalk that up to them being older and like, right. and, and not trusting their own instincts of like, this whole situation is very weird. And also the generation gap between people, but this is the seventies. So what were they born in? Like the early 1900s. Um, I feel oh, like geez. I feel like the generation gap between like people born around the turn of the century and like the 60s and 70s is like maybe even more ginormous than like boomers and millennials or or you know what I mean like Gen X and sure. uh, and Alpha like I I just think that there's like that's definitely a thing also something that I just want to point out that her name is Pearl it obviously conjures a very specific image in your head something that is pure something that is smooth, something that is of value. Um, and that's kind of the opposite of what they present when it comes to the character of Pearl. So I, I, the, obviously that was done on purpose to really have a juxtaposition or, or um, convey what she, how she feels about herself inside. And when she looks in the mirror and, and, and like thinks through her feelings, it's not the same things that like match what her name represents. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's definitely something that like hit me while watching that movie. Every time they, every time you thought that the, the character named Pearl and all of that, especially when you compare and contrast her to this young Mia Goth, um, to Mia Goth playing this older person, like it's the same eyes, but it's it's a different everything else, and I think that's pretty powerful yeah. as well. Yeah, and for those of you who are newer listeners, so Jamie said she considers this a stew. I just want to point that out that we're referencing psychopath versus sociopath, and we do that through Scream, the movie yes. Scream. Yes, yes. So thank you. Billy is the psychopath, and Stu is the sociopath. And so we're saying that she's in the pearl, is in the sociopath. Yeah. This was not premeditated, but impulsive. Right. And that, that, I mean, that makes sense. Cause like you said, Jamie, it's not like they knew what they were do the kids were doing when they got into the house. Right. Didn't find that out until later. And then that kind of triggered everything else from. And we're not talking about thick soups. <laughs> what? Stews. Oh. <laughs> Can someone disconnect this Zoom? No, I'm the producer. <laughs> Big old I will food. say <laughs> one one random thought, maybe this goes back to uh likes and gripes, but I do appreciate that uh Pearl's husband is a real ride or die. He is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like man, he's just he's like, you know, I might not be able to do the deed, but boy, I'll help murder all these dumb youngins with you. Right. The deep, that's love, baby. That's love. And the saddest part of this movie, and the most ironic, obviously, is that he finally like does it and get dies from a heart attack from just getting scared. Right. <laughs> like that was heart literally heartbreaking. Oh, so many years wasted. She yeah. could have been on the, you know, the the true and, and narrow path of not killing people. But <laughs> here we are. 
getting two movies later. Yes. Well, but Fantastic. I'm all, I'm I'm interested to see if if the pearls like murder spree in the prequel comes from a lack of satisfaction or was she always murdery and then the lack of satisfaction brought it out again i, I we'll see murdery yeah murdery oh uh, yeah i want to think murdery because you said something in the trailer about she feels like something's wrong with her that's it's like something that she can't control that's kind of coming out and maybe there's just other things that, like you said brian are triggering the thing it's but. stew stew she's triggered by stew it's a bad stew. It's it's fine. <laughs> Jamie is not having it, and I love it. I'm 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 done. <laughs> Don't leave me. <laughs> right. Uh, sure. So should we go into some ratings, some Rotten Tomatoes of this movie? It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. <laughs> yes, Ooh, Rotten. Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think this Rotten Tomatoes score is? Nikisha, let's start with you. You're Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Nikisha, oh what, do you think are, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes are for this? What is uh, your guess? I want to give this something in the 90s, but I feel like it's probably 86. I'm going to say 86. Hmm. Jamie? I was thinking like 78. Mm, yeah. Uh, this has a 95% on Rotten wow, Tomatoes. Work. I'm uh, so sorry. I hope it wasn't offensive. <laughs> the audience score is 75%. Um, but the critics' consensus says, A fresh spin on the classic slasher formula, X marks the spot where Ty West gets resoundingly back to his horror roots. Uh, mm, yeah. That's the critics' consensus. The audience says... X isn't every horror fan's idea of a good time, but it's often quite, it's often unique and never boring. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I think I lean more towards the critic consensus. Same. I mean, this is a really good take on a slasher with yeah. reverence to the seventies. That is X marks the spot. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> uh, I like it. Sh- should we do the four S's? Yes. Yeses. Skulls, scares, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> okay, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Skulls, we rank from one to ten based on mental health and human behavior, how the movie handles that. Um, scares is how scary was it? And shakes is how much will it stay with you? Uh, and then suggestions will will give a suggestion uh, that you would buy in a Walmart two pack. Uh, Nikisha, let's let's run through the three of those, and we'll do suggestions at the end. What are your three uh, ratings for this movie? So for skulls, I am going to give it a four and stick with that because I think the prequel will dive more into us discussing human behavior and mental health. Scares, I'm going to give this a sex, six, a six. A sex? Mm, a sex. <laughs> no, it's because my, <laughs> I was looking at my sheet and my shakes is a seven. And so I like glanced and I got it wrong. So scares is a six. <laughs> shakes is a seven. <laughs> okay, great. Jamie. 
Um, so my skulls is a three because I don't really think that everyone makes the best choices in this um, <laughs> and it bothers me. Um, scares is a five. Some of those, it wasn't like, you know, too intensely jump scary, but again, like watching her do her like rapid savvy, like really caught me off guard. And some of the kills were pretty juicy. Um, shakes. Uh, I'm going to give it a five um, because I, I feel like this is also one of those movies I'm still like trying to process. Like, what do I think about like, you know, why Mia Goth is playing these two parts? Will more be revealed once we see Pearl? Um, like, I, I feel like I just, I want more of Pearl. And so like, I'm just, I'm not done with this character. I'm not done with, you know, this storyline. So it's sticking with me and, and yeah, I, I definitely want more yes cool uh mine is a five on skulls i think it's trying to say something about the i sex and and desire and 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 all of that but i also think on the other hand of it it's still a slash and they make poor decisions um uh scares i'm giving it a six um some of those things always caught me by surprise like not only was i surprised that she got eaten by the um alligator (laughs) <laughs> but uh like you saw the alligator like bite her head like it came out of the water then you have the glory hole pokey and then obviously the scare of like just like that kind of that kind of like jump scare that you're not expecting when like when she gets hit with the shotgun uh, or shot with the shotgun like i think there's some and also it's deeply unsettling in some places when she's under the bed listening to them um mm. like that kind of stuff um, and then shakes and, and the alligator. Sorry, and the alligator that was gonna get to Mia's character, but then didn't. That whole scene was very unsettling. Oh, absolutely, mm. that's a good one too. Um, so shakes. I'm giving this a seven because I feel like I'm super satisfied by it, but th- I'm not totally satisfied by it, which hopefully Pearl will do. But I really, if somebody asked me like, what's a good contemporary slasher movie, this would 100% be at the top of my list. Hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I mean this and like maybe Happy Death Day and, and like some of those those ones, but mm-hmm, yeah. this one's more serious. Like that's what I would lean towards. This one, I'm um, cool. So let's do some suggestions. Um, Nikisha, why don't you go first? I'm gonna suggest the 1977 The Hills Have Eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Keep it in uh, the 70s family. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna do the easy one. Uh, 70s this is very Texas Chainsaw Massacre in some ways yes I think you just watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and if you've never seen it before which is how I was on our episode of Texas Chainsaw Massacre wow I still think about how good that was and how different it was like even now how different it was like I I, that movie is so good in its own way Um, so I'm going with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Jamie? Um, I didn't go. So I went in two random directions. Instead of doing like a classic 70s slasher, I went with something else that's more contemporary, but trying to the aesthetic feels mm. more like that. And I went with the existing two-pack Grindhouse, which oh. is Planet Terror and um Death uh uh Death Oh my Proof. god, what is Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Death Race. That's a different thing. Um, which, like, I didn't... I wasn't crazy about Death Proof, but, like, very much, like... That even more than Planet Terror feels like this very similar aesthetic. Sure. Um, so that's that's one recommend. Although I do... I love Planet Terror. That's a great film. Um, the... <laughs> 
The other way that I went was I was thinking about another movie where, um, you know, older folks are the villains and you're not expecting them <laughs> to be the villains. Oh God, oh God. Uh, I went with uh, good old M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Um, what a good time. Everyone should see that movie. It's, it's, okay. it's great. Um, I know you don't like messes. <laughs> I heard you don't like messes. <laughs> Can't wait for our segment or on those movies. Yeah, well, I wrote down some of the like the the highlights of Shyamalan's career that we'll do. Like, we'll skip some, we'll do others, but yeah, for sure, we'll definitely do the visit. Fantastical. <laughs> Jamie, is that all for your suggestions? Yes. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of X and our first episode in season four. I would say that X marks the spot. Slash, slash. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just a hearty thank you to everyone who has been listening slash rocking with us on our social medias and rating and reviewing us. We really uh, appreciate all of that. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and now the YouTubes, exciting times, at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Yeah, absolutely. You can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on Spotify, wherever you do that. Um, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank, and thank you. you. And as and as Nikisha just said, we are on YouTube. Find us at Talking Horror Podcast. Subscribe to us there. You're going to get the video of this. So watch us talking about this for season four and beyond. Um, before season four, you can get all of our episodes. So check us out on YouTube. Uh, it, the link is in the description. I wish that there was a version of the glory hole pokey, like do the hokey pokey, but the glory hole pokey as our ending for this, because that that would be fantastic. You know, you, you put, put your, your left, left eye in, in, you take your left eye out. Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh, that's what it's all about, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.